0: I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, thank you for tuning in. It is episode 40. Woo! Uh, This week, I watched Molly's Game. Finally, I've been meaning to watch it forever. And then I promptly read her book in two days. I, If you're not familiar with it, basically it's about a girl named Molly Bloom. She used to be a very high level skier. She was one of the best in the nation and she just decided she was kind of over skiing and she moves to LA on a whim and she gets kind of pulled into this world of underground poker and she became the princess of poker is what they called her because she started to run these really high power poker games with all these celebrities. And I screenshotted some parts from the book, but the one that I really wanted to talk about is how it's just this little blurb, because I think you should read it and watch the movie. I found both of them really interesting. I actually kind of liked the book a little bit more. Um, It's not the most well-written thing you've ever read, but it just gives sort of a different perspective than the movie, but I think you should definitely check out both of them. So she describes a story where she sees Stavros Niarchos. She doesn't say it by name, but she describes him as a Greek shipping heir who used to date Paris Hilton. And he's there at the club with a girl. And like I said, Stavros was Paris Hilton's ex. And while she's there, she watches Paris Hilton walk up to the girl and punch her in the face. Now, I don't condone violence, but this just goes to show that the aughts were when a LA lay celeb culture was really popping, and like the club scene was, I mean, just magnifique. And her book also taught me, and in a surprise to probably no one, that Tobey Maguire seems like a giant dick. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard about this Rumor, because I feel like he must have done this to multiple girls, so I feel like there's multiple rumors. And you know, when you have multiple strings of stories that are very similar, it almost takes on an urban legend quality. So I feel like this happened with this story about Leo DiCaprio that he would have sex with with girls like doggy style, and he would keep his headphones on the whole time and like not talk to them. And I was always kind of like, okay, that's bizarre. Like I guess believable, whatever. But then she talks about how at every single poker game, he would have his he- headphones on. And it's like the ones that it's not like an AirPod, you know, it's like an over the head, over the ear headphone. And there's pictures of him playing poker with his headphones on. So I was like, OK, rumor may be confirmed. When I was doing my almost daily perusal of Sephora, I saw that Lancome Juicy Tubes were back. And if you know, you know those things made you feel like a bad bitch in high school. And of course, The Cut wrote about it by Kathleen Howe. She says, they say the past has never really passed. Jessica Simpson has just published one of the best celebrity memoirs I've ever read. And I agree, it's so good, guys. If you haven't read Open Book yet, what are you doing? And Lancome's Juicy Tubes are making a comeback. At its heyday, An alleged 20 juicy tubes were sold every minute. Online forums speculated about which shade of juicy tubes Lauren Conrad wore on the hills. In 2008, New York Magazine praised the lip gloss for giving high shine and moisture without tackiness and wonderful hints of color. First off, I'm pretty sure I definitely did try to buy the same shade that Lauren wore, and I'm sorry, but that shit was sticky. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. The Survivor finale was this week. I've mentioned on here before that I am a big Survivor fan. Love it. I think it's the best anthropological sociological study since uh, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I know that wasn't really a study, but you know what I mean. So I was so hopeful because it looked like this was going to be, and I'm sorry, if you don't want this spoiled, then fast forward a few seconds. I a, I don't think any of you probably watch not that many of you probably watch it and B if you do you probably already seen it because if it's like you're either like a hardcore survivor fan or you don't watch like there's no in-between and I was so hopeful that it was going to be a three-woman finale because a woman has not won in so long and it just it's really irritating to be honest and I thought it would be so beautiful for a woman to win this season because it was 20 players from the past 40 seasons of, 39 seasons of Survivor. Oh my gosh, wow. I just realized it's the 40th season of Survivor and this is the 40th episode of Kinda Cute. And anyway, so they, it was all winners, all people who had won. And it was called War of the Winners. winners at war. Oh shoot, okay. Winners at War. See, this is why I have a producer. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I thought it was gonna be a three girl finale. And, and then I was just like, that's just so amazing that we could lock in a woman winning. Of course, it ends up being a two women and man finale, and the man won. And I know, obviously, the best man or woman should win, but I just don't think he was the best, and it just was really annoying to me that he won. But I guess that's either here or there. I'm just going to keep hoping that a woman woman wins soon. And... Yeah, because the last season I told you guys what about a train wreck that was and how much weird like gender issues there were. And I was just like, wow, what redemption that would be for a woman to win this. Why can't I say women win, women to win? Uh, But it didn't happen. Anyways, I haven't been plugging lately, so I have to ask again, guys, to please rate, review, subscribe. I love getting written reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you go in the app, if you go to your library, you click on my show, you scroll all the way down past the episodes, you will see that you can leave five stars and write a written review. I love reading them. They just, it just really warms my heart, and I still have so many stickers left, so... I will send you one if you just DM me your address at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, and I've also been trying to do about a video a week on my YouTube. It's definitely a different vibe than this podcast, but you might like it, and you can find that if you just go on YouTube and search Bailey Evan. <sighs> Plug done. Before we officially get into more cut articles, I wanna talk about a wild one that Rob Pattinson did with GQ. We've talked about on here before how I loved it when he lied to Matt Lauer about seeing a clown die. Go back, listen to an early episode about that because I really love discussing that. Uh, This GQ article is called Robert Pattinson, a dispatch from isolation by Zach Barron. Now this is another time that I will tell you to look something up because I need you to see the pictures that accompany this article and it opens with one of rob looking forlornly off into the distance he's sitting on the ground he has a box of special k in front of him some hp sauce which is the brown sauce that brits put on everything like their sausage sandwiches and he has some cleaning wipes and then he has heinz beans again the ones that the brits like and they put on everything for breakfast their toast then there's a random light bulb sitting on the credenza It's just a lot to take in. And we have a lot to cover today. So I'm just going to share my favorite quotes. And originally when I started taking notes on this, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep this short. But I just kept getting sucked in because there's just so much going on here that I'm not going to be able to cover. So again, you guys just have to go read this article. So it starts out. This is the first line. It says, Robert Pattinson, blurry, pixelated, unshaven. I don't know how this is going to work. My phone broke. The internet broke. Everything broke. I'm like. What? Why is everything updating? And how do you stop it updating? He's literally like an old grandpa on a computer not knowing how to use Zoom. He's in London with his girlfriend in the apartment the Batman folks rented for him, still eating meals the Batman folks are providing. Though the other day he got nervous that they might just stop or forget. Or were the owners of his apartment going to need it back? I mean, this sounds like a bad Airbnb Airbnb novel. Like, it gone wrong I- i'm concerned that he's like this concerned if the batman people are just going to take his apartment back but i guess this is the times we're in right now even celebrities have to worry it says the film studio hired a trainer who left pattinson with a bosu ball a single weight and a sincere plea to use both but right now he says he's ignoring her i think if you're working out all the time you're part of the problem he says sighing by you he means other actors you set a precedent no one was doing this in the 70s even james dean he wasn't exactly ripped he says that back when he was the star of Twilight franchise, the one time they told me to take my shirt off, I think they told me to put it back on again. But Batman is Batman. Pattinson called another actor on the film, Zoe Kravitz, the other day, and she said she was exercising five days a week during their ex- exile from set. Pattinson, well, literally I'm just buriedly doing anything, he says, sighing again. If that ain't some relatable shit, I don't know what is. I also have to take issue with the fact that they gave him one BOSU ball and one single weight. Even me, I have four little dumbbells. Yeah. Are they all five pound? Yes. But at least I have four of them. And then I have some of those little stretchy bands. I have some yoga mats. Like what the hell is he supposed to do with one BOSU ball and one weight? Is it like a thousand pound weight? Cause otherwise, I mean, how's he going to get ripped Batman level with that? I already thought he was kind of a weird Batman choice, but now I'm like, sign me the hell up. I'll be there the first day in the theaters thank you to this article and then you know how like whenever there's a magazine picture of someone it'll say like 875 dollar louis vuitton shirt like blah 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 lists what they're wearing well in one of the photos it just it lists all of that and then it says underwear his own like the cheekiness of this article (laughs) then pattinson says yesterday i was just googling i was going on youtube to see how to microwave pasta Now, guys, keep this quote in mind, because what I will tell you down down the line, it's going to fucking blow your mind. So he says, I'm essentially on a meal plan for Batman. Thank God. I don't know what I'd be doing other than that. But I mean, yeah, other than that, I can survive. I'll have oatmeal with like vanilla protein powder on it, and I'll barely even mix it up. It's extraordinarily easy. Like I eat out of cans and stuff. I'll literally put Tabasco inside a tuna can and just eat it out of the can i don't think i've ever read anything sadder than that for one protein powder is pretty nasty no matter what you put it in and if you're not even gonna mix it up that's like doing the cinnamon challenge that people were doing years ago where they take a spoonful of cinnamon and choke on it like rob what the fuck are you doing and then you can't even muster up to take your freaking tuna out of the can and juge it up a little bit with some relish i just i mean the laziness here Pattinson says he used to drink 5,000 cups of coffee before interviews like this one, do them, then collapse afterward, and sleep for two days. He says he'd make a point of saying the wildest things he could think of. I like sort of saying provocative things because I thought it was funny. I get very, very uncomfortable about doing some sort of earnest things. Well, that explains the clown story, A. B, I totally, he must just be so introverted because I totally get that feeling of like, if I have to go to a hearing or something for work, I get myself so hyped up and so worked out worked up and then I just crashed like it's the adrenaline it's it's exhausting last year he says he had a business idea well if he said to himself pasta really had the same kind of fast food credentials as burgers and pizza I was trying to figure out how to capitalize in this area of the market and I was trying to think how do you make a pasta which you can hold in your hand guys can we just rewind to when he asked if he could microwave pasta He says he went so far as to design a prototype that involved the use of a panini press. And then he says he went even further, setting up a meeting with Los Angeles restaurant royalty Lilia Massimi, the founder of Sugarfish and proprietor of the Santa Monica pasta restaurant, Wobo. And I told him my business plan, Pattinson recalls. And his facial expression didn't even change afterwards, let alone acknowledge what my plan was. There was absolutely no sign of anything from him, literally. And so it kind of put me off a little bit. Yeah, it put you off, Rob, that you're trying to make burger patties out of pasta that you microwave? (laughs) Masimi says, it's 100% true, everything he told you. Also, sugarfish is bomb. Like, that is some i think it's delicious it's maybe not the most high quality fish but i love how they have the warm rice it's not as good when you get delivery but if you are in la and new york and you can go i think the la i think it's better on the west coast honestly Ooh, it's lip-smacking good guys and then one point he makes a horrifying amalgamation of pasta and sugar and cornflakes because he was out of breadcrumbs now i'm all for a little cornflake like back when i used to eat chicken you know like a little cornflake chicken finger delicious amazing you can't just willy-nilly sub cornflakes for breadcrumbs and make a pasta sandwich out of it so the interviewer says you look like you're cooking meth i say because he does I'm really trying to sell this company. I'm doing this for my brand. Please tell me Rob is punking us all. Like, I would think this was all made up if Massimini hadn't said that it was 100% true. So guys, if you think you're losing your mind during quarantine, just take solace in this article. 20 years from now, I think there'll be a college class on this article because it is just so much to take in. All right, now on to our first cut article of the day. We're keeping the quarantine isolation with celebs vibes up. We have Imagine Being in Isolation with Timotei by Sanjita Singh Kurtz. She writes Timotei Chalamet has given us a tiny but poignant glimpse into his isolation lifestyle. Earlier this week, he shared a photo of himself sitting in what appears to be his living room in a pair of hideous magenta jeans. (laughs) Excuse me, Sanjita, but I love his magenta pants. Yes. I'll admit they're a little acid washed, but Timmy has proved that he can pull off anything. He is a fashion king. I like a fashion risk. I mean, if he had just been in some basic ass blue acid wash jeans, yeah, not exciting. But you add the magenta in, you know he went into a little East Village thrift shop and got those and I love that for him then a few days later he offered a grainy glimpse into his pantry now looking at this picture I see some triscuits I see some honey in the little bear-shaped container some Kraft mac and cheese I personally am more of an Annie's girl the white cheddar shells to be exact but you know to each their own Sanjita writes that this sent her into a tailspin of thinking what it would be like to quarantine with Timmy now I'm going to read a lot of this because I think she does an amazing job of really describing you know where her imagination took her So she says, I can imagine we'd spend our days flipping languidly through his art books while he told me made-up facts about Matisse and Picasso. But it wouldn't matter because he'd tell me in French and I don't really understand French. And then we'd eat loads of edibles. He'd put on Beautiful Boy and I'd beg him to turn it off. I'm sure he would before apologizing and making me tea with honey, to which he would add the entire honey bear and forget the tea bag. Then we'd watch Call Me By Your Name instead, crying and holding hands during the peach scene. We'd only argue about two things, whether we can wear shoes in the house and Dune, because I would keep trying to talk about it And he would be evasive eventually i'd realize that maybe he hasn't read dune uh this is bailey saying yes i i would agree with that i doubt he has (laughs) he tried to just even though he is in the movie of dune he tried to distract me by reenacting bits of the oliver cromwell biography on his bookshelf and i tell him no i don't think that's for you i'd hand him the last days of the romanoffs instead he would be pleased and then make me easy mac sigh my ma chérie if only Okay, I'm about to tell you my day with Timmy, all right? So my day is that we'd leisurely wake up. We'd be in separate beds. He'd bring me my coffee in bed. I think he would prepare it via Aero breast because that seems his style. We'd be platonic. this is, That's why we're in separate beds. And I really don't think that even couples should have to sleep in the same bed together. It's very, you know, burdensome. And... Although I find him gorjana, I think he would look at me as a much older sister and like there wouldn't be really the chemistry vibes there. I would just have so much fun thrifting with him in the East Village. So then we'd like, you know, feed our sourdough starter together. But then we go pick up some bagels from Tompkins Square Bagels, which is his favorite. He infamously brought a bag to people waiting in the line for his premiere and you can never have too many carbs like after you finish the bagels you want some sourdough and then he'd regale me with stories about what it was like going to school with Ansel Al Gore, and he'd tell me about all their hijinks well actually they probably wouldn't have hijinks together because they probably didn't hang out in the same social circles and then we teach Gergi some new tricks which is my dog and we discuss whether there was a power differential and the ickiness that was called me by your name because I don't care what anyone says I think Army Hammer's character was in a position of power and he was way older and I don't think it was an appropriate relationship with poor underage Timmy's character then we'd settle in we'd make some margaritas if we're you know it depends if we were in New York at his place or if he came down here for some sunshine and pool but either way we'd make some margaritas and we'd settle in for an episode of Survivor Fiend beautiful all right (laughs) While we're on the thirst train, let's move on to another Sanjita article. Are you an Aragorn girl or a Legolas girl? She describes Legolas as her sexual awakening. And then she says, 20 years later, I've realized that there's only two types of people in the world. They are not good or bad, glass half full or glass empty. Half empty, wow. No, they are even more distinct and more telling than other more popular dichotomies. They are the Aragorn girls and the Legolas girls. So she says about Legolas that he is exquisitely, effeminately beautiful. He has long silver blonde hair, china blue eyes, and a lithe, slim body. Can someone tell me why when we are young, like that is the aesthetic that you are attracted to? And I know some people carry on their this aesthetic throughout the rest of their lives. And am I still jealous that Orlando Bloom is married to Katy Perry? Yeah, I am. And that they're having a... Ba- oh, sorry, they're not married yet, but they're like having a child together and pretty serious, Okay. But like when you're young, you're just so attracted to blonde people like that dude from motocross. It's just a universal thing. Like you like these people that kind of look like they could play Peter Pan in a community version of, you know, of the show. Like a li- which is sometimes played by a woman. I'd like to add. And there's nothing wrong with an effeminate look, but I just think that's what it what goes on. So Erica Smith, she's a favorite on here. We talk about her a lot. She says, she's another writer at The Cut. She says, I think Legolas would get me more than Aragorn would. He'd be down to walk around quietly, observe things, and share hair masks. Probably, I'd never have to worry about beard burn, being righteous, or having to talk about to a bunch of humans about what about what have you? She muses. Okay. I don't need another long haired person in my house shedding everywhere so this is a problem with both of them like at least I guess the blonde hair would kind of like blend in a little more do you know how much black hair is around my house I could make an entire like sand castle out of the black hair that is left around my house she says as a preteen a dear friend of mine even had a poster of him she used to kiss on the lips she admired his humility and felt compassion for his suffering oh I'm sorry this is talking about Aragorn now Legolas is for women who actually kept up with their bullet journals and have a 12-step skincare routine. She tells me, I want a man who can carry big things, and by that, I mean the burden of ancestral inheritance. My sister, also an Aragorn girl, describes Legolas as one note and is attracted to Aragorn's depth of personality. He has a soft side, a weak side, and a mysterious side, she argues. You want to know more about him. You want to know more about the pain in his eyes. All right, so what I have to say about all of this is I think I'm very torn because I think now, like, aesthetically, I, I'm definitely more of, like, a dark-haired, you know, that's my type, so I'd probably have to go Aragorn, but I've always, like, loved Orlando Bloom and his little elfin features, But I still think now I'd probably choose Aragorn. But neither one of them was really resonating with me. So I thought it was interesting that she started out saying there's only two types of people in the world, but then ended with this, which I think is really beautiful. All things considered, I would probably choose Samwise Gamgee, which you may call a cop-out, but I believe is a reflection of personal growth and maturity. And same girl, Sam is amazing. I also love the two little like twin boys who are... Oh, what are their names? Mary and Pippin. Okay, Mary Pippin were actually like, who I had a crush on when I watched Lord of the Rings. Like it was not it wasn't Legolas or Aragorn. It was Mary and Pippin. So why the hell are they left out of all of this? That's messed up. I like how everyone, everyone would no take Frodo. Wait, I also No, wait, Frodo. I kind of forgot about Frodo. Wait, Fro I was obsessed with um Elijah, Elijah Wood when he was in North Guys, if you've seen North, please, can someone slide into my DMs and tell me who you'd pick? Like, North? Oh, oh, I loved Elijah Wood. Okay, please, discuss. Are you Aragorn? Are you Samwise? Are you Legolas? Are you Marion Pippin? Team Marion Pippin over here. All right, next up. Of course, Marth- oh, of course, Martha Stewart is isolating with her gardener by Madeline Agler. In an interview with Town & Country this week, gardener Ryan McAllister said that in March, he decided to leave his New York City apartment and stay in Sort's guest house for a few days until the health crisis blew over. Now, more than 45 days later, he is still there. I have to say, this seems rather convenient for Martha. Like, is he having to work for free? Is he just having to work in exchange for living in her guest house? I hope he's being very well compensated for his efforts. Like, how does this arrangement work? He says, since we're at the house all the time, you can work earlier and later and we get a lot more things done. Okay, that sounds abusive. I don't like that. And Martha doesn't just sit there and say, do that. She's out there doing everything with you. Okay, I thought this was telling because does that mean when he wasn't living in her guest house that she was just barking, do that? That that seems pretty on brand with her, so I'm not surprised. Per town and country, Ms. McAllister claims that he and Sort don't have a favorite plant, though he does admit they both have an affinity for poppies and dal- dahlias. I mean, who doesn't? All of the videos you've seen of her since March were done by me, he told TNC. I hope I'm getting better at it. I mean... Is Ryan the hero of Martha Sword's quarantine? It kind of sounds like it. And I'm worried that he's getting worked to the bone. Ryan, if you hear this, like blink twice if you need help, okay? All right, that's all my articles for today, guys. It's time for our legit shit, honey. Legit shit number 40. What up? First up, I have two Amazon items. So I don't feel great about promoting Amazon, but it's one of the things that you can count on being shipped to you during this time. And okay. I'm going to even this out by talking about some local businesses that I would love for you to support. So bear with me. First up is a clip-on colander. Now full disclosure, I haven't used this yet, but the concept is so genius and the reviews are so good that I just know it's going to work. So you know how usually like if you're making pasta, you have to put your colander in the sink and you have to walk over to the sink and dump it out. And you know, you're also trying to like reserve your pasta water and it's just a huge mess and kind of scary. And sometimes I accidentally get boiling water very close to Gurgi and like trip over him. So this, you clip the colander onto your pot. It fits any size pot and then you just pour the water out and the clip-on colander traps the pasta. I mean, what? It's genius. The other thing I've been loving is a humidifier. Now, you don't have to buy this off Amazon, obviously. And you can. There's probably a lot of places you can purchase this. Um, I've just been cutting down how much I go to the stores and a lot of, you know, you know. So the humidifier, I really feel like it's helped with my Sahara Desert skin because, you know, since I live in Florida, you would think that I would get enough humidity, but the problem is, if you're not outside all the time, you're not really getting the benefits of it 24-7. So I really think it's helped me. It's helped my nasal passages, even though I still sound like a raspy little hoe. I'm Not raspy, nasally. Raspy would be cute. I just sound nasally. Uh, so yeah, I love my humidifier. I'm so into it. I've been using it for like a week now. Okay, so to balance out my Amazon things, I just wanted to highlight some companies that I've talked on here before about and i said local but i actually just mean small businesses so first up bots coffee b-o-t-z coffee.com it's by my friend he makes the coffee he takes coffee making so seriously i've talked about it before but it'd be so great if you order coffee it's so delicious he has great merch next up is drippy pots drippypots.com i just love my drippy pots they bring me so much joy if you get a mug, that'd be so cute to like drink like in quarantine. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Next up is sh- uh, RoomshopVintage.com, and that is where I get my big scrunchies from. She's also making really adorable masks. She uses like the scraps of fabric. It's very sustainable. She makes the stuff herself. Amazing. And next up is one I don't think I've just talked about on the podcast, but it's lolo.nyc is where you can find it online. It's the store Lolo and Friends. She has the coolest stuff. I have a painting from My Fonny that I got from her that I love. And she just she's it's just a super cool shop. The owner is always there working. She's so nice. And that's my legit shit for today. I can't wait to see you guys next week. And please, if you remember, leave me a review. I would love it so much. Thank you, and I will see you next week. Bye.